0: is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Today is Tuesday, January 30th. And we are 86 days away from the NFL draft in Detroit, Michigan. Welcome into the draft show presented by Miller Light, live from the SWBC studio here at the Star in Frisco. It is All Star Game Week inside these buildings, inside these walls, and then out in. Mobile, Alabama, as well. We've got the Shrine Bowl in town and the Senior Bowl underway practices starting this morning from in Alabama. We have Nick Harris out there. We'll talk to him in a moment. But inside the studio, we've got Bobby Belt, Zach Wolchuk, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison. I'm Kyle Yeomans. This is an exciting time of year, Brian. I mean, you look at the prospects. You get to look at the film. You yeah. get to look at all of this information that just is flooding in at this point.
1: Yeah, and what we do is we've all studied the tape, and now you get to see the body types, and now you get to see the movements and stuff live, and that's the one thing that really helps you when you're evaluating these players. That's where these scouts go on the road all year long. What are they doing? They're going to practices. They're watching the tape in the morning. They're catching the practice in the afternoon. They're getting body types. They're getting shapes. They're getting movements. They're getting all these things, so it it's It's been a really – this is one of the best times to kind of fill in. Uh, You're not going to see all the guys, but you're going to get an idea of some of the top ones in the country, and I think that will help. And then you get to the combine, and you'll see even more movement skills, and that will kind of like, okay, I watched a tape the other day. Penn State was playing Michigan. Oh, I saw him do this. Yep, he could do that. I remember, oh, the short shuttle, he's quick doing that. Yep, that makes – so everything kind of comes together for you when you get to this point.
0: It's a lot of fun, Aisha. You've been out at this Shrine Bowl this past week, getting your eyes Heck on players. Yeah. Got the rosters in front Maybe of you alone. and everything.
2: <laughs> like, y'all. Don't blame me. Don't how, how has it
0: been out there, though?
2: Um, no, it's been cool. I, I, I enjoyed the Shrine Bowl just because I think um, you find some players there that you know maybe haven't gotten a whole bunch of looks and maybe haven't gotten the most attention. But when you look at a guy like even like Ye Thomas, who was in the Shrine Bowl, and we talk about yeah. we think he's one of the more and coming players on this roster, it's it's a dope opportunity for some of these guys to get um, looks, and, and it's, it's the best on the best. You know what I'm saying? And, that, and that's when you find out who's really the
3: best. Right. Yeah,
4: mm-hmm. those one v ones, man. That, that's what it's all about, and I think it's fun. We talked uh, last week with Dane about Stiggers. You know the the Canadian football, and, and he every, stood out. The, dog. the breakdown. It's been exactly what you saw. Yeah, right. He's going to go ahead and put his sideline go go square sideline to the body here, mm-hmm. and then he's made some plays on the ball. I mean, one v ones against some of these, and Frank Gore Junior is another guy, right? You look at some of these dudes played smaller competition. How are they when they get to match up against a dude that's coming from LSU right. or Alabama? That type of stuff. Because I think, uh, oh, we might have bumped it, you're but we're good. good. We're good. Yeah, I you're back. Bumped her back. But Frank Gore Jr. is a guy that I was watching last night. Kind of caught my eye because we were going through the Shrine Bowl stuff. He's dominating against the Appalachian States. I mean, yeah. we got we, we saw a lot of Conference USA football yeah. being North Texas Mean Green. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I felt like he was in school for like 12 years. He was. And two years ago, I went back and watched him in twenty <laughs> twenty <It's a> family <laughs> tradition. <laughs> yeah. Against Miami. And isn't it weird? That one's going to make you feel a little bit old. Oh, yeah. But he's a guy that. I think dominated when he was supposed to Mm -hmm. right at Southern Michigan, some of these lower level competition. But when you get to see him in these type of environments, these practices, but also going back and watch him against Miami, this dude can just play. I mean, he's got some special elements to his game is a little bit smaller, but then when you get to see him in person, I mean, all these things, plus, the personalities of these guys I also th- think is super important. I mean, we talk about that a lot with quarterbacks, but what kind of makes these guys tick, right? How much do they love the game? We've been taking notes. Man, I'm watching this dude play. It seems like he loves the game of football. You're able to tell in person when you actually get to see these dudes.
2: Yeah, I wanted to comment on stickers real quick. I I literally wrote down, he don't know no better, so he does it. Hmm. Yeah, because he's super he's, raw. He Exactly. And yeah. so you see him, and there's times where it looks like he got turned, But his hips are so – he can flip him so quick. He can recover. He just has a nose for the ball. Um, But I had the opportunity to meet him um, in interviews on the first day. Um, And he just exudes confidence, y'all. Like he's so – he got that chip on his shoulder, you know, guy that maybe everybody doesn't think can really play. But when you look for a corner, that's what you're looking for. And he has, like – boatloads of it he so does. it's been really dope to see his play translate this week um in drills and in um, seven versus seven well
4: and size wise like i think his arm length kind of stood out as well yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i was like man he's this a just
2: great build just, it's pretty
4: long you mentioned the recovery ability yeah. that's something too it's just unique for a guy that hasn't played the sport a ton he just kind of got these raw instincts that you look for and i think i mean it, the more he gets to play the better coaching he gets This guy seems like the limit for a player like that
2: and if dq's coming back he looks
4: <laughs> kind of looks the part. He
2: kind of looks like.
5: You don't have to whisper it. It could happen. He
2: kind of looks like the corners they like. Yeah. It's just saying. It's the mold. Go ahead. That what you got, well, Bobby?
5: Yeah, very well could happen. No, I, I actually, I really love what Shrine has done. And like what Shrine's become. I think Eric Galco's done a fantastic job building that up the way he has. That was kind of an afterthought for a long time, Uh, similar to like, you know, they would put it in the same like, okay you get the NFL PA game, you get the Shrine Bowl. Those aren't going to be nearly as significant as the Senior Bowl. But I mean, they've got some real talent here this week. I mean, you know, they've got Edge Cooper here from Texas Mm A&M. John Brooks is a big one. I I think there's just they've done a really good job of kind of stacking things up. And Dallas gets such a huge advantage. I feel like just being able to have that here at home, take advantage of that. Lead for senior bowl run through it's it's just this is the marathon sprint right here and
4: wow. the offensive line play we've talked about that the entire time it, it seems like these offensive linemen and how about these dakota schools i was mentioning yeah. that yeah. yesterday really good football. About last it. year we talked cody Malk, yeah. out of north dakota state south dakota state's south- got some boys this year man the mm-hmm. offensive line play
0: is just super impressive right now yeah and hey that south dakota state teams won back-to-back national sure championships have. at the fcs level both those schools they're know pretty, this area pretty yeah, well. i was about to say they're pretty welcome here in frisco they've been here, a time or two. We need but. to pay
1: taxes there
0: here so much. <laughs> <laughs> now, w- w- you're, you're, we're talking about Shrine, and we are going to talk a little bit more about what we've seen this week and what has stuck out. But today was the first practice of, of the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama, and one of our very own. Nick Harris is out in Mobile. He is on the sideline as we speak, and he's also on the phone line as we speak. Ooh, Sam Hartman just completed a really long pass. Nick, what's going on? What are you seeing down there in Mobile?
6: Yeah, what's going on, fellas? Yeah, just saw that Sam Harbin pass down to Roman Wilson, a, a Michigan wide receiver down the middle. Yeah, it's looking pretty good out here. I, we've only been about through about an hour. Of uh, team drills, so really just kind of getting a feel of how these guys move around, the instincts that they kind of have, uh, getting a good feel as they start to get comfortable being in this senior bowl environment, but uh, so far you can definitely tell which uh, which are the standouts and which are the guys that we are really looking forward to this week. You can see which ones are popping and which ones are taking a minute to kind of get adjusted, but uh, so far it's been so good.
0: Now, you've talked about Jackson Powers Johnson, the center from Oregon on this show a couple of times. I know earlier in the day you were talking about how much he's already stood out what's going on with with jackson powers johnson and how is he impressing you so far
6: yeah he looked really good guys i mean that strong anchor that you know we've been able to see on film and, and we've been able to see from him in his time at oregon both at center right guard left guard he's showing all of that so far today in the one-on-one settings he was taking a lot of reps at center but also took a few at right guard and we didn't lose one rep i looked really good i mean he gets those back feet down in the turf and he drives forward, it's been really tough to get around him so far. So uh, As I see it right now, probably the most consistent offensive lineman through that first little one-on-one session. Uh, each offensive lineman probably got about four or five reps, but you know, so far, he's looking really good. He's taken to coaching and you know, he just turned 21 a couple of weeks ago. I mean, this is a guy that could be a franchise changer at center, I think, for any franchise that gets him. You know, I, I'm starting to think it's going to be tough for him to slip mm-hmm. 24 if we're talking Cowboys.
1: Hey, Nick, I, I, I know there needs to be two of you to split and watch the practice to, to <laughs> to cover it the way. But where have you found like the most scouts? Was there huge crowds around the one on one with the linemen? Where 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 do you think all the NFL guys are focusing their attention right now?
6: Yeah, most definitely the linemen. We've talked about this tackle class quite a bit, but also there's some really good interior guys here in Mobile. Uh, this week. So being able to kind of pair both of those things, that's where you're going to find most of the 32 teams being able to kind of hover around. But uh, also saw him, uh, quite a bit with the linebackers group here in this first practice. Here on this team you've got Cedric Gray from North Carolina, Peyton Wilson from North Carolina State, uh, Maris lewis from uh, Notre Dame. We've talked about all three of those guys on the show. Uh, Scouts have definitely been a hang- hanging around those guys as well.
4: What about the quarterbacks? I think that we talked last week with Dan. you got Bo Nix, you got Michael Penix Jr., but we're watching Sam Hartman now. We were just talking before the show started. Hartman's a guy that there just doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz about right now from Notre Dame.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And so far, he had that really nice pass across the middle to Roman Wilson earlier, and you know, he's looked pretty good so far. It's kind of tough to get a full, uh, complete scope of these quarterbacks so far. They've just now started to put the ball through the air as far as routes on air. Uh, they were doing one-on-ones with running backs and linebackers a little bit earlier, so more so short to intermediate work. But all three, uh, they've they looked good. They're getting adjusted here. Um, I, I really like what I've seen from uh, Sam Harmon, as you said, and Michael Penix has had a couple of moments as well.
2: Nick, the safety position hasn't really gotten any love, for real, in the last couple seasons, I feel like. Um are there any safeties down there that you are interested in looking at and kind of keeping your eye on?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking at about Bishop out you saw He's in this group that I've seen so far here early in the morning. I really like what I see from him. When you talk about being able to kind of identify instincts early on, he's one of them. And they've they trusted him in some single high opportunities here in this early uh, in this early practice session. Really like what I've seen from him. And then this DB group as a whole, there's some versatile guys that are kind of around. You're kind of seeing some guys move around. Evan Williams from Oregon, you've seen him line up at safety, come down to nickel. Um, he's done some good work as well. And then uh, Bo Smith-Wade out of uh, Washington State, kind of similar stuff. So, yeah, those are, those are some guys I'm definitely looking at in the defensive backfield.
0: Nick, we appreciate you doing some great work down there in Mobile. We will check back in with you on Thursday. Sounds like there's a lot going on behind you as well. Always fun down there. Enjoy your time. Get some seafood and and have a good one.
6: Thanks, guys. We'll definitely come back on Thursday with some
0: more. There you go. There's Nick Harris. He will be back Thursday for the show. but. I mean, what a time it is. Mm. Brian, you were talking about it a moment ago. Yeah. Just every, oh, God, rep, this. every rep matters for these yeah. guys.
1: Yeah, it does. And what's really cool is the NFL, it used to be for my era where the teams, the two worst teams in the league were getting to coach, <laughs> yeah. you know, and it you almost felt like those guys were being punished, <laughs> you know, the way. But now you have the way the league has set it up where – These young assistant coaches, they're giving them opportunities to be coordinators, a head coach, uh, you know, uh, set a game plan together. I mean, they're giving them great experience. And so their enthusiasm, along with the players' enthusiasm, along with all the buzz with the media and the scouts and stuff in the building, make this just such a fun event. For evaluation, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it is it is uh, it's it's uh, uh, Jim Nagy does a hell of a job picking that team. I mean, this is not just show up the week before and get a bunch of guys together. This is a year long process. And the way that Nagy puts it together with the help of the scouts and the general managers around the league. Mm -hmm. That's why Nick Harris is able to talk about seven or eight different. And you got some of the top quarterbacks here, you know, throwing in, uh, as I usually would say, good versus good here. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the that's the great thing about uh, about the Senior Bowl and what we have going forward.
5: Yeah, and you mentioned there like what Nagy's done with the Senior Bowl and how they grind you around because that's the thing is that it's, he's turned it into its own scouting organization. He does. He's, like, he's, got, he's got scouts. He's played.
1: like a 30-13. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I mean, they, And
5: they've had guys hired away from the Senior Bowl in recent years, guys who are on those scouting staffs that now they're area scouts with other teams. Right. Like it's been a really good pipeline, not just for talent, but like talent evaluators. And so that's something that I know there's there's a lot of respect for the feedback that was given in, in the past. I You know, not to call any names, but in the past, there it felt like there was a sense around the league that that, like there were favors being done at times sure. or like, oh, you're, you're helping an agent out here or something like that. There's not going to be any of that no. at the Senior Bowl these days. Jim Nagy is committed to making it, like, and, and he'll take feedback. If they, if they don't grade right. somebody similarly, if they say, hey, we want to see this guy out there, they get him out there. And so this is always a really good week. I cannot wait to get a chance to look at the practice stuff and, and get a look at the tape because there's just a lot you know, here that we can glean from this week because of the com- the competition and the level of play that's really stepped up in recent years.
0: Now, we talked about it a little bit last week, just leading into this week, but you, you, you've had so many connections around the league where do you feel like the hotbed of talent is from a position standpoint at the senior bowl because everybody views it differently dane's gonna look at it differently than brian brian different than bobby but you're hearing stuff from around the league of how these positions line up in Mobile.
5: Yeah, I think like the the common thing that you hear a lot is just how deep the offensive line class is just around you know the entire landscape this year. And so I, I think there's a lot of interest in you know the offensive line that are there. I'm curious. I've seen. I know he took the invite, I, and there's not a lot of clarity about whether he's on the roster or he's practicing this week. But Graham Barton from Duke, like that's yeah, somebody sure. who yeah. I yes. know people are interested in because his measurements are going to be significant, even if he's kicking inside to center. Questions about the arm length stuff like that i think that the one-on-ones will be big for him if he's out there if he's able to take advantage of that that's not gotten a lot of clarity but just in general you hear a lot of scouts talking about that the offensive line play is going to be big that was one of the things we heard too about shrine yeah that shrine had a lot of you know really good value guys here at offensive line on both sides that they were excited about so offensive line focus i, I think obviously people the, the big thing for Penix is going to be medical um but seeing guys like Penix and nicks and some of these older quarterbacks that are going to be on display this has been a a breeding ground and and, and a difference maker week for quarterbacks in the past, Phillip rivers vaulted way up to the top of the draft board and the draft conversation after senior bowl years ago, Dak Prescott made a big Mm, impression on the Cowboys here. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I I think quarterbacks, this is always a big week for them when you can see them in this setting, Baker Mayfield, I know had a lot of people were impressed that he showed up and competed when he did a couple years ago. So quarterback is always a big one with with the guys that are out there. And we mentioned Hartman, Penix, uh, Knicks. I I think this is a big week for those guys too. Hey,
4: no Connell helped himself last year. Yes, he did. He he certainly had a big one, but I I am pumped about these quarterbacks because I think everybody's looking at them very differently. You know, Bo Nix is a guy that you're seeing now in the first round in some mocks. We've been talking to Dane. Some teams might have him as the number one, number two quarterback. I don't see that from Bo Nix. I've got like a third round grade on him. To me, I think he was definitely helped in the offense that he was in. You don't see him reading the field a ton. It's kind of first read, boom, get the ball out. He had one of the quickest time of releases for the football in all of of college football. I mean, Troy Frank I think, is an absolute study. had a ton of talent around him. From Oregon, right? Yeah, from Oregon. Yeah. So, Bo, Nick, Bo will be an interesting study this week because Michael Penix, to me, I think is a better prospect. I think Penix throws maybe the best deep ball that yeah. I've seen in this draft. I know Caleb Williams is just an absolute freak show as well, but... I love being able to watch both of them together. And then you've got two family bloodlines with Luke McCaffrey mm-hmm. and then Brendan Rice, Jerry Rice's son as well. Yeah. And I was seeing the NFL Network interviewing Brendan Rice earlier. You know, McCaffrey's a guy just played at Rice. We talked about that level of competition. How does he do mm-hmm. in, in one of these? I mean, we've seen a Cooper Cup several years ago go and just absolutely dominate at the Senior Bowl. So that, that's what these are all about. Some of these guys that maybe the, the quarterbacks think you can get a lot from to Bobby's point, but also some of The the dudes as I mentioned, you played at Rice, the the North Dakota States, and I'm interested to see some of these bloodlines because we have a ton in this draft. It seems like more than ever. Jeremiah Trotter Trotter, Trotter, Jr. we talked about as well. I mean, there's so many legacy guys in this draft class.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the well. When you asked the question, Kyle, you know what position do you think you know people are looking at? Wide receiver is is pretty deep this draft, and it's interesting too because I I wrote down back to normal kind of because last year we talked about it it was so many smaller Mm -hmm. guys and and you were uh, there was concern about the guy's size and all that stuff and this year it's like Five ten, five eleven, six ones. 5'11", Like they it's it's only like a couple of guys who are five ten, five eleven. Most of these guys are over six foot, yeah. um, big catch radiuses and things like that. So I, I do think this is this wide receiver class could be important to um some teams deciding to maybe try to get over the hump and, and get a second or third guy to be able to make a difference on their teams this year.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite things about working here is whenever you're having normal conversations just in the building, at lunch stuff like this pops up and one of the conversations we had uh, among it was nick harris and a couple of others in the group and we were talking about it yesterday what happens if a 2020 situation happens where you need these other positions you need a run stuffer you need offensive linemen you need a, a defensive end or two or linebackers there are positions of need for the cowboys but you're looking up and you're at 24 and then all of a sudden You've got a guy that's fallen in your lap. You've got a, a, a Dunzey, a, a Coleman, a Troy Franklin from Oregon. I mean, you've got these guys falling in your lap. Do you entertain the option at wide receiver? Because you have C.D. Lamb. Outside of that, you're bringing back Brandon Cooks. You're bringing back Jalen Tolbert. Who knows what Michael Gallup's future is in the building. Brian, would you entertain that? Just because of how talented this wide receiver class is I am, yet again. I am
1: always about the stack. Right. I am always, I, you know, and I, I will die on that hill yeah. about the stack. Because I feel like that if you don't window dress your board and you put those players on that board where you would take them and you have the opportunity to grab them, I'll never forget this. We were in a draft uh, where it was the Quincy Carter draft with the Cowboys. And we didn't have a first-round pick. And we had a first-round grade on Kendrell Bell, uh, linebacker from Georgia. Huh. First-round grade. We don't have a first-round pick. It gets to us at, at the second round. And we took Quincy Carter. Mm-hmm. And I understand we didn't have a quarterback and all that. that was, it's a long story how that all went. But we, that was our last first-round guy on the board. And Kendrell Bell ended up being uh, AFC. Took, Pittsburgh took him right after us and he ended up being AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. And you just – that right there always confirmed to me, like, if you trust your board and put the players where they need to be, uh, the draft gods will bless you in a lot of ways. (laughs) And so I'm always about that. If, you know, if the discussion turns into, you know, don't jump tags, you know, if you set your board how you feel how it goes, and you you could go right a lot of the time if you just follow exactly what your board tells you to go
2: and i think that could happen especially to offense offensive line is important because uh teams need better offensive alignment yeah clearly i mean <laughs> i'm so sorry down um we've seen an influx of uh quarterback injuries this past yeah. year which made a huge difference um i, I do think that it that position is important. So when you talk about wide receiver, I do think that the ta- a lot of these tackles and guards might go early. Some of these top guys. So maybe you do have a wide receiver fall to you, or, yeah. or a running back, or, mm-hmm. or something fall to you that you're like, okay, well maybe I, I will take this guy could, here.
1: Could the to her point, could the you know we always you always hope that the quarterbacks are the ones that drive front players loader. to you? Sure, mm-hmm. maybe the, trade them back. there. Yeah, could the offensive tackles drive players to you? I think yes. Or do you want yes. them to fall to you, though?
0: That's my thing. You I might want, want a Jordan Morgan out of Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm all about might trying. I a Tyler guy. Yeah,
4: I, I'd love to try and attack the offensive line in the first round. I mean, I think that's just where the, the meat and potatoes is of this first round. But I think, you, it, to your point, yes. Mm-hmm. I think absolutely. You've got, we're looking at, what, seven, eight offensive yeah. tackles was... that could go in this first round, and that's not even including some like the Graham Bartons or the Fontenot from uh, Washington yeah. that we think could maybe kick inside and be interior players. I mean, I, I think right. Powers Johnson, you look at the versatility that he's got from Oregon. Teams covet that. I mean, this dude's played all across the offensive line and I mean, it's it's tough to watch his tape last year and put anything negative in your notes. The dude is just a clean player and we've seen the impact. I think you can look at right now uh, the teams that just made it to the Final Four center.
1: Yeah. Oh no, that's, you're exactly right. And I think
4: Travis Frederick, since he has left this Cowboys organization, and it's no disrespect to Tyler Biotish, but there's been a massive drop-off, sure. and you look at some of the leaks in the issues that this offensive line has had, I think a lot of it has to do with in the middle in the center position and every quarterback you can evaluate. If you get pressure right up your face, it is going to disrupt everything you want to do offensively. Your timing, your rhythm, you're flushed out of the pocket. So I think, yes, I think teams are going to covet these offensive linemen. I think all of them are going to see them differently. I think some will look at an Numerius Mims from Georgia and be like, hey, I don't care about the lack of starts. Yeah. This dude Whoa. is 20 years old. Yeah. He is a freak athlete. I can look at him and build him into an all pro type of lineman, right? I think the same thing maybe a Patrick Paul. We don't love him out of Houston, yeah, I think man. he's a little bit sloppy, a little bit yeah. top heavy, but skill set wise, physically, he looks the part. I think everybody's going to look differently at these offensive tackles, mm-hmm. and it's going to cause one might go way earlier than we think. You know, a, a, a Kingsley uh, from BYU. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a guy that's playing in the Senior Bowl not now. You try that last name, are you? So, so, I, no,
7: I'm not.
4: Suamatia. Sulaimaniyah.
1: I mean,
7: well done. that's an, 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 there's no,
4: there's so many offensive linemen. I think where they come <laughs> off the board didn't will help be fascinating. Did you that
1: name? By the way, he didn't help. Did you, you. not nail it? No, it is you know, it, but he didn't help you while you needed the name. No, though.
4: yeah, but it's okay. We got it.
5: <laughs> no, that, that is the thing, though, is that you're, if you're talking about like teams coveting offensive linemen and wanting to use that capital because that is where like the the real top heavy aspect is of this, and you know, receiver, offensive lineman, those are the guys that could be pushed down to you or whatever else, depending on how teams stack it. I do think you should covet offensive. Linemen. Though yeah. here, like you need to be part of that discussion, and and I mean that's something where they've got questions about center. Look, like Zach Martin is getting yeah. older. Tyron Smith is getting older. Terrence Steele, he's here, but I mean, he, he's coming off of an injury. You got to see how he bounces back. So I, I think you can never have enough offensive linemen, especially offensive linemen with flexibility, um, who can can kind of play multiple positions. That's something they covet. Yeah. Mike Solari covets, yeah. and so I, you know, I, I think that offensive linemen should be high up on their first round consideration. They,
1: they've they've proven that they could take first round offensive linemen and they're plug and play guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the one thing you could take that to the bank with yep. these guys.
2: I have a question. Um, hmm. So since we're talking about offensive line. I'm very curious about Awesome Richards still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know because I was surprised in the instances where you know Tyron was out and got, and, and he wasn't the next guy Like yeah. in those instances, um, and even for them to go with Edoga before him. When we had seen, to me, enough of Edoga to know maybe that's not it sure. there. So I am curious about what – I do think that will play a role in some of maybe – maybe some of their decision-making with if they decide to take a tackle early. But then also, too, you have Matt Wiletsko, who has these shoulder injuries. What do you think you're going to consistently get from him at this point? Because this seems like a reoccurring thing with him since college. I think it's a a hereditary thing, from my understanding. So it's like, hey— That are those gentlemen going to make a difference in some of their decision making, or do you think that maybe we should be continuing to look no matter what? I
0: think you got to keep looking. He's a fifth round pick. Awesome I mean, Richards. I mean, he was he was high on our list of a day three guy. Yeah. Right. And so when they they took him at the fifth round pick, that was a value there. But they've also shown as good as they are of picking guys in the first round, they also aren't going to rush day three picks into a starting lineup yeah. either. Right. And I think it's more of a developmental task. For them with Awesome Richards. Okay. Plus, they don't want to put him in a situation like where Let's go, where he's having to battle through injuries. He's having to battle through certain things. Josh Ball's another example from the 2020 draft of, of a, a guy, 2021 draft, of a guy that they took on day three. They wanted him to develop, and it hasn't necessarily worked out in their favor. They want to take their time with that guy, with Awesome Richards specifically. Because they've maybe been burned in the past in a, in a situation so like that. A I, I think you gotta,
1: I think you got to fix the center first. Yeah, me too. I, I'm looking at center. If, if, if you had to tell me, and this is nothing to – you know, like I said, I, I, I do have – I'm with you. I do have my concerns about Austin awesome Richards. But I think he's the one guy that I was watching from North Carolina last year when, when he was taken. And I remember talking to Will McClay after the draft. I said you got value there. Yep. Yeah. You picked the a guy because sometimes you take these kids and they might be no offense to directional state school whatever, but you know you you, get, you kind of looking for traits. This kid played at North Carolina, played at a very high level, played against really good competition, played well against good competition. Yeah, I think there's. I think the traits are there for him to develop. Okay, but at center, I mean, if you want to talk about TJ Bass, I haven't seen TJ Bass play center. So that's what I'm saying. A lot of people say, well, why would you just plug Bass in at center? Or why would you just play Hoffman? Yeah, I like what you're saying, but also I'm looking at the draft right now and I see four guys I like better than that option. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, that I that I know I've seen these guys play center at a very high level. I think if you if you address the center spot here and you fix it, you're going to fix a lot of your offensive line problems.
4: Preach. I, I agree and with my, you And, understand. My,
1: and, and, and that's going to sound like a slam to – uh to Yadish. Uh, and I mean that in no disrespect but you, there are times where he is good and there's times where he is a liability mm. yeah. and and that is and and I and I think they know that I think they know that and and this it's just like you can't pass the opportunity in my opinion of how many good centers there are in this draft right. and not address that you know but maybe they will have a player in their stack Mm -hmm. that's higher than a center Mm -hmm. and they will work it that way and if that's the case I admire them for doing that because they've done it before.
4: And maybe it is one of those offensive tackles. I would still take one of those tackles, and, yeah. and I'm not concerned. Because, look, awesome, Richards, if he ends up being a swing tackle for you, that's an important position. I mean, we've seen that's that a great value with the Dallas the Cowboys. Too, Absolutely. To find a swing tackle in the fifth. They've struggled. I mean, they, they, you, you mentioned Adoga. If he's a guy that can fill that spot, I'm
1: totally okay with that. Good for him. Okay, Aisha. I'm going to let you take an offensive tackle or a linebacker and they're both grades are the same hmm. on your board and they're maybe maybe their tags are touching in your stack either an offensive tackle or a linebacker on your on your on your board
2: I'm probably going to take a tackle I mean especially too with linebacker we haven't I I don't know if we've talked about it a lot but I think the DT position didn't help you with linebacker either No, this no that's year. a good point No they did not I mean I ain't going You I, you kind of miss Carlos Watkins
5: no, yeah, I think no. you definitely did. I thought
2: you kind of missed Carlos Watkins. I thought yeah. even get I mean even Bo leaving. I yeah. felt like he did some decent things over there where he was this year. I mean, so to me I I, I feel like personally you can get a DT and that could help out some of your linebacker okay. stuff even if you decide to get a guy but your tackle stuff... Babe, you got to take care of that now because it caused problems this year. But I do agree with you that center is important. And I also think it's important, too, to your point, Zach, is that Zach Martin is getting older. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not a knock to him, but, hey, he needs somebody steady on the other side of him because he's not only dealing with Terrence Steele coming back from injury, trying to, you know, get his things together. Absolutely. your center's getting his he'll kick sometimes (laughs) and your guards having to help out a lot because his awareness is there he's aware Yeah, yeah yeah you want him to be able to play sound and be confident in his position and not be worried about the guy next to him consistently. So I'm I'm also looking at that as well. But Just, i would say tackle. You
1: uh, guys feel the same way, rule? Yeah,
4: quick? I, I do. I mean, way. I I know you mentioned you said if they were rated the same, I don't have a linebacker that's a first that's round caliber not, not player.
1: Yet but, but that's what I'm saying. If if, if I mean, they cool. were if they were if you if had, they were close, if I'm taking the value. I'm of I'm still tackle.
4: taking the offensive line. Yeah, I, I think that's always an area that you need to replenish. And we've seen when this team has their best opportunity, it's because they're strong at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Well, might watch
5: my my podcast partner take a linebacker. i different. I'm going to take the linebacker. If they're great at the same I'm going to take the linebacker because yeah, you you point out like you look at conference championship weekend it's great center play across the board but also the, uh, the biggest difference if you look at it there's great linebacker play on yeah, all that's four true. Of them. That's yeah. true. and and you talk about the queen. you've got these issues <laughs> last year pretty consistently it felt like if guys just like stepping in the wrong gap or reading and right. reacting too slowly or reading it wrong or whatever else. And so I think that to me, if you can get me, you know, if you're telling me it's Powers Johnson and Edge Cooper or something like that in the second round, like I would take Cooper at that point. Hmm.
2: So I, to your point about that, though, should we be asking – ooh, I don't want to piss nobody off. Should we be asking – That's what the show's are been they been being, for 11 years. I'm just saying. So should we be asking – what are y'all being coached? And I'm only asking that because it's been this is it's a consecutive thing. It's not just it's not just one player having these issues. I'm asking no, is no, that no. something it, that maybe it, we it, should be wondering about? Because this is a new linebacker it, coach. This it, is a new gentleman in the room. Is that does that matter? They also don't at all? have a
0: ton of bodies there either. I mean, the yeah. depth
2: matters, but I also too do think if we're consistently seeing players take the wrong reads, be in the wrong, it could be them just doing their own thing, but also too we need to ask, like, what are you guys being taught? Because this is, why are you jumping into the C-gap when your assignment is A-gap?
5: Yeah, I I think that, I would not, I I think there's a lot you can put on coaching. I think at the end of the day, players have to make No, no, I know. I think at the end of the day, players have to make plays. And I think that when you talk about reading and reacting like like we've seen consistently it's not just in dallas that is a league-wide problem like people talk about league-wide how there's just a lack of quality offensive line play like it's just a, a talent starved position yeah. nobody has enough good offensive linemen there's routinely how many times do we watch it feels like half the linebackers coming out even the ones at the top are like wow he does this real this real uh sometimes he's a guesser though and he just yeah. kind of runs it it's just it's a very mentally taxing position and i think they're Two highest IQ linebackers. They were without this year. The, the guys that they yep. expected to carry them yep. a little bit, Van Deresh and even Overshone. Yep, Clark guesses at times, and, and Clark can be a good player. It's just Clark guesses sometimes. That was something that they had happen with Devin Harper when mm-hmm. he was here. Like it's just it's it's an issue. I think league wide, the ability to read, react, identify all of those things, and Dallas has been hit by it just like anybody else has. So I, I coaching obviously comes into play at some point in that. But to me, I think a lot of that is just players get what they put in like, like they're going to get out of it the, the work that they put into this yep. why
1: is peyton wilson at north carolina state so banged up i love Oof. him i, I mean this I, guy i'm with and you and too I, and i'm like yeah, and he's just so me. banged up
0: nick and told I, me he was looking good out there though and senior. Of course. Yeah, of course he's just a football he's player he looks incredible he and he's looks had good. double digit surgeries yeah, you know yeah. i mean you're just Ugh. like
1: you just shake your head and but you do you put on the tape and all that guy does is make plays. He's making right. every single yeah, play, every single play. But you know that that's the dangers now that you're dealing with. Yeah, you know, the, the medicals, the it's risk true. versus reward. Yeah, yeah.
4: You, you nailed it though. I think Bobby mentioned the IQ. you're you're lacking your general at the linebacker position. You brought up Patrick Queen. Patrick Queen was not the same player until Roquan Smith got to Baltimore. Patrick Queen was a guy that wasn't living up to a first round route potential. They were wondering, should we even pick up a fifth year option there? Roquan Smith comes, he starts wearing the green dot. He's calling the defense. All of a sudden, Patrick Queen can play free now. I think you get a guy that can do that. Damone Clark's a different player, too.
1: It's an LSU LSU thing. Maybe it is. We're not not the smartest guys. Please. That's why I'm <laughs> I'm, looking at,
4: I'm looking at, you know, Tommy Eichenberg from Ohio State. Oh, jeez, yes. That's a field general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's getting everybody lined up. Yeah. He can read. He can diagnose. Now, athletically, going sideline to sideline, he doesn't have, you know, fluid hips necessarily. Yeah. He might have some things that kind of hold him back. That's why he'll slide. But mentally, he's there. Cedric Ray from North Carolina, I love it. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. from Clemson. These are guys that know exactly
0: what they're looking at. They're film junkies. You can tell the football IQ. And there's an element to that that I think Dallas could help from, but there are a couple other ways that they could look at their players too. When we come back, one of our Twitter on the 20 questions has to do with what type of draft theme could we see from that team across the hallway when we come back in a matter of moments. You're watching The Draft Show presented by Miller Lite.
8: What are you waiting for? Get started at blockchain.com. I'm Darren Woodson, former Dallas Cowboy player and Super Bowl champion. When I played in the NFL at a high level, I relied on my vision to see the field. As I started getting older, I noticed my vision wasn't as good, and I was getting frustrated from wearing my glasses all day. I went to Laser Care Eye Center, and Dr. G talked about all the options. Thanks to technology and Care Eye Center, I can see near, far, and between. Don't fumble your vision any longer. Visit them at DFWIs.com and tell them Darren sent you.
7: And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. This, this is,
0: is the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Welcome back into the draft show presented by Miller Lite. Taste you can depend on. This segment is brought to you by your Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison, Bobby Belt, Zach Wolchuk. I'm Kyle Yeomans and Chris Beams in the back. He's getting ready to press a button because it's time for some. Twitter on the 20. Twitter on the 20. 20. 20. 20. 20. 20, 20. Sorry. There you go. That's did it, it do it? That was that was beam. Oh. We, we, no, did not it. Not we did it. it. It didn't do it, but that's okay. Okay. Uh, Luis it says. It gave out. It did. All these years, it just gave out. <laughs> just it was done. Uh, is this year's draft theme to get more physical players? If you were the front office, what would you do?
5: In your approach, we'll start with Bobby Belt on that one. Look, I mean, I I think they had their physicality draft a couple years ago. Like, and I I think they feel like they got those guys. Like, I think they feel like toughness and physicality they got with Tyler Smith, they got with Jake Ferguson, they got with Sam Williams. Like, I think that was a a big point for them a couple years ago. It did pretty well for you. It did. Yeah. No, and I think that this year. I think they would say that the physicality thing has been more overblown than tape showed for most of the year. I think they felt like they were a pretty, like reasonably physical football team for a lot of the year, and I'd probably agree with that. It was it was not the same issue you saw the first time they lost to San Francisco. That was a team that had a lot of trouble with physicality. Every game that year they ran into that. I think it's always a consideration. I, I it's always included in there. I, I think the mental makeup. I think there they. I think they want some guys who are a little nasty and that that Jake Ferguson energy that gets up and kind of annoys people and things oh, yeah. like I think they like that I think they want more guys like that and mm-hmm. so I think that's a trait to look for I don't think it's hey this is the primary focus this is how we're we're like this is the primary focus as we stack our board but I think that that's going to be an important trait that if it's put in the scouting report that's going to stand out to people here
1: what do you think?
2: Why y'all look at me? Because
1: um, it's your turn. Because you're on this show. Is it my turn?
2: <laughs> is it's your turn. turn. It's your, your turn. My turn? Oh, I thought we was going like. Oh, we want to go.
1: Hey,
4: do your thing, girl.
2: Yeah, no, no. I um, I do think it is important. We talk about the mental makeup of some of these guys. I I, I kind of do want some guys that don't know no better. I really do. And part of me is just because this plan for this team does come with a lot of mental, yeah. emotional, different strain, different pressure. I definitely want to see if there's some gentlemen that they can bring in here who, who just love football and, and want to go play like like a, like a sticker like who's just trying to prove mm. himself and has that rawness to him and that edginess to him. To your point, I thought Jake Ferguson was a really good – because there's times you will look at Jake Ferguson make a play and he had the defense hype on the sideline. Yes. And I do think that that matters when you talk about temperament and what, once you get hit in the mouth, how you respond. What And I think that's the biggest thing is I'm looking for – I'm looking for them to have guys that respond better to getting hit in the mouth Hmm. because I felt like every time they got hit in the mouth this past year, it was a struggle to to get back in that mode. And it was deflating at times as well.
5: Yeah. And I I will say, I think that is a massive area where they missed Trayvon Diggs this year was they missed that intensity. They missed that edge. He was he was a tone setter for them in the Mm -hmm. secondary. And I think that when we talk about like jumping back a little bit, when we talk about resetting center and doing different things, like you have to have an awareness that walking away from Tyler Biotish means also walking away from generally kind of your enforcer on the offensive line and the guy who has some of that edge and 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 plays with that intensity for a team that wants more of that. Like I'm not saying that he's come back but for a team that wants more of that like you're gonna have to consider that when you're looking at these centers too is how you're gonna make that up if you're saying goodbye to him yeah, yeah. And, and that's
4: everything that I'm looking at with these offensive linemen you know the the more grit the more toughness the more I'm playing through the whistle the more I'm knocking your face in the dirt we're gonna get after it down after down so that', that a that, that's what I'm watching that's what you want and you, you want got a guy that in that's these to come in so yeah so I know Tyler Biotish in training camp don't pick a fight with me the problem is we're seeing inconsistent and seeing Tyler Biotis getting overpowered and bullied at times. And can you upgrade that on the football field week into week out? And I think some of these guys do give you some of that same play temperament that a Biotis does uh, and that you want I, I think you're right. He is one of your guys along with Tyler Smith on the offensive line. But I think a lot of these tackles that we're watching, a lot of these guards and centers have that. That's certainly something that I'm looking at. Because I think one draft, you're not going to fix your toughness issue. I think that's something you commit to. That is something that you want overall. You're looking – as players that you're drafting year in and year out, that's the kind of culture and temperament I want in my football team.
1: I think you got to keep just going to that well. Give me the high IQ football player. Mm. Right. Because when this defense busts, it's because they bust coverages or they bust assignments or they do stuff that they're not supposed to do, what you were yeah. talking about earlier. Aisha, where jumping in gaps. You know, knowing damn good and well, you've got a gap, and, you, and you're playing, all of a sudden you're standing in the C gap because you're guessing. You know, I I give me I I think these guys are tough, Mm -hmm. but give me the guys that that make those instinctive plays. You know, there's there's I need more like I need more of a Sean Lee. I need a smart. Yeah. Tank. I need a smart calculating assignment sound player that I know that's going to not bust in in key situations. It seemed like to me that green Bay game was nothing but busted coverages, yeah. busted assignments. You know, you know, there's, I can understand getting physically beat on plays, but when you prep for a game and get ready and you see a formation, your assignments to do this, and you completely don't do that, then I can't play you. I can't put you on the field because you just gave up 47 yard pass because you didn't carry the guy in man coverage. Mm. You know, you could be tough all you want, but if you don't know what you're doing, then that's a problem. So I need more of those Sean Lee tough, but also that football IQ guy. Sounds like you guys
4: need Javon Bullard from Georgia in yeah. that back end. Yeah. Generally your safety group.
0: Hmm. And you'll be fixed. You have to take him in the first? No, no, no. I think that uh, you could probably go day two on him. That's good. I like that. I think the, the, the one thing I said about him.
2: was <laughs> the last <laughs> time he's I just said my He's
4: so far, I, he's yesterday? my favorite guy in the entire draft.
0: Oh, he's your pet cat. He's my dude. You You're putting the staker on it? Yeah, You're I love Javon Bullard. You know who Boom. this
1: guy is? Who is it? He's, he's Petrie, the kid from Baylor. Jalen Petrie? Oh, Petri? oh yeah, my This is who this kid is.
2: That's what you think about him? I ain't watched him yet. I think yeah. he's yeah. the think best. Petrie's turned out
4: pretty good. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll take him pound for pound best DB in the entire class. Barnacles.
1: I love him. He He's one of those, if it moves, he'll strike it, guys. You know, the ball skills are there. I mean, he, he, he's he got a high football IQ. You're absolutely right about that. He's short, though. He's a 5'11 guy. What he measured the senior bowl. I'm sure that they've oh, got ooh, the, I need to check my oh, guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that I had that somewhere in my life here. The spreadsheets getting updated this week. Uh, All right.
0: With uh with that all being said, here's our second question for B- oh, Twitter, Twitter on the 20s. Twitter. He
1: was five ten and a half. He was oh, five ten. Okay. He was a short. Don't 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 make the Winfield Jr. mistake. Oh. No, no, he's five, 10, 197. Now he's okay. He, he will knock the you know what out he's of he's physical, <laughs> downhill
0: player. Yeah. Uh or Lu- er, Colin asked, given the position strengths in the draft, offensive line, wide receiver as a couple examples, which positions do you think Dallas should be more aggressive at at upgrading through free agency as opposed to relying on the draft. It's a
1: draft class. show,
3: sir. DT. Well, it's <laughs> not, mostly no, to open just, up position-wise. I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm
0: totally kidding. I think it is a good question, though, because with free agency
1: coming before the draft,
0: you're going to know some of the holes that are
1: remaining in your roster. How much are they really going to D- jump into that? Defensive tackle, yeah, please. I mean, how much are they going to – Bobby, how much are they going to jump into that?
5: uh so i mean i think that's they they every year will create contingencies sure like, like every year they create contingencies across so that they can go best player available i think if you're talking about actually having to look i mean you got to free up cap space to begin with because right now you're projected to be 20 million plus yeah. over the the cap mm. i i think the thing for them I would wonder if they would look at it and say, like, obviously they ha- they are going to have interest in some linebackers. They've been thin there. But I would wonder if they would look at it and say, because they want guys who are going to read and react correctly, they want IQ guys, if they would look and say, linebackers more of something where I'd like to have seen it on tape at the NFL level. Like, I would I would like to see that this guy's got experience, knows what he's doing. Let's go get this. Let me go get a veteran here to do this. So I wonder if some of those areas where they feel like they're particularly maybe IQ deficient, or and, and I don't want it to sound like dumb or anything, but just like they're they're not as high up on football IQ and the ability to read and react on some of those spots. I wonder if that's where they would look more to replenish with veterans and create a base. That way they're not having to guess with rookies. Because like you said, when you talked about Awesome Richards and how they kept going back to Adoga, like coaches are always going to go back to the veterans. Yes, Coaches are always going to bank on the veterans. And so if they've got somewhere where they feel like the the football IQ, the mental processing and stuff like that is deficient. I think that's where you're more likely to see them dabble in free agency. So, linebacker, safety, maybe some say, of those areas. Could you
0: say center there, too? Because you're talking about Tyler Biotish and knowing his intensity level
5: and knowing what th- they've I th- seen. I think they – I think if you ask some people around here, I think they would say that they think Brock Hoffman could start at center in the NFL. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know could, that they'd Bruggan say like this. Brock played well. I, I don't know if they say he's got Hoffman. an edge
4: to him too. Yeah, There's your did. edge. I don't know that they both. They both do.
5: I don't know that they would say like this is our long-term solution. But if that's a like they would, I think they'd feel comfortable with that as a contingency. Is like, would. hey, if we get wiped out we can roll with this. Sure. I mean, they were, I think if Zach Martin had held out, like Brock Hoffman was starting to guard to begin yeah. the year last year. Wow. And so they, I, I think they really do believe in him and he's somebody who could be part of their contingency plan at center.
2: I get that. I, if we're talking about free agency, I would definitely be looking at what veteran defensive tackle you could get in free agency. And I only say that because love me some Hank to infinity infinity. However, when he's gotten injured it's mattered for yeah. this team and it's it's unfortunately it's happened at like key times so when he's come back like i felt like he looked almost the same but it's made a difference but you also didn't get much from your rotation no and we're talking about linebacker baby they getting climbed on consistently for a reason yeah. and so to me you know obviously we're on mozzie watching all that stuff i i think also too you need proven talent there to move forward and kind of uh, stabilize the middle of your defense because a lot of this jumping out of gaps and compensating a lot of that to me was because Mm. of the middle of that defense not being shored up so that's where I would be looking if I were you know important like that to be looking for uh how to go forward and improve this team and outside of the draft
4: those are two spots linebacker and defensive tackle that have some good names can I interest anybody
1: in a veteran running back for
4: yes three million
1: dollars Sounds good. Yeah, I'm in. Because I, I think we, we've
4: talked a little Check. bit about this draft class at running back, it and there's, not. there's certainly some guys that we like mm-hmm. and, and that'll probably but go maybe pair third draft
1: with a pair. I think so. Mm-hmm. I don't know
4: that there's a running back like we looked at last year with a B. John Robinson oh, and Jameer no, Gibbs. No. Like, no. I can so, hand no. my backfield over yeah. to this guy and be yeah. good to go.
0: Even yeah. Jameer Gibbs was a 12th overall pick, sure. and they still paired him with Montgomery, with and McCom- it worked out in Detroit. Like Jalen
4: Wright from Tennessee, I'm a big fan of. I mean, Ray Davis from Kentucky is right now in the senior bowl. I think there's definitely options. I mean, if you wanted to go with the Jonathan Brooks, Trey Benson what? from Florida State. But I think all these guys could benefit from a, a mm-hmm. veteran with he's them. We
1: Shrine Bowl veteran people here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. What are Louisville running back look like? Isaac uh, Garrido? Garrido?
2: I saw I think him. it's Garrido.
1: Garrido? Garrido's a great he's name for He's a little undersized,
2: a right? Am I tripping?
1: I had him at 6'1", 225. He's yeah. that big? He yeah, didn't look big. that big
2: on the field. Yeah, he looks
1: well, real. Maybe that's, that's the measurements I was working on. I, I'll tell you what, man. He's a transfer from Wisconsin. Mm-hmm gotta hate when i can't pronounce these kids names the right way is it Ger- Ger- does it say it right i'm looking Gerindigo? it up currently
2: but i got it Girardelli. <laughs> I
1: mean, <that's> please <laughs> yeah. please but, but man there's nothing i mean you watch him play against usc and you watch him play against miami boston college of kentucky this guy is a kind of a versatile player yes and he could you could throw it to him he can run it you have to get bodies to him i mean he is a zone runner when it comes to press the hole and then go mm-hmm. and i was really really interested i know bobby we were talking about some names last night of people that might be but this guy is a finisher he's a he's, he's a he was a uh, from louisville he number 23 and uh he's going to get north and south quick i love his toughness i love his ability to catch the football and i love the traits about him for that because he's the downhill guy so that he might fit into that that third fourth round type of a back for somebody but uh, I, I didn't know if he if he did anything for you guys. No, he
2: stood out to me. Um, he stood out to me as a receiver. Yeah. That's that's, that's where I noticed him. It's right. Like, oh, okay, this dude can run some routes. Yeah. And I, I liked his uh, – his hands were soft. He was yeah. definitely very explosive when he has the ball in his hands sure. to a point. He can get in the open field and, and make plays and make people take bad angles. Um, you know, I, I noticed him uh, yesterday. Yeah. And, I mean, because they used – He looked a, short
1: to you, though, in, in he real life?
2: I he thought looked he little. was little. Yeah, I, I swear, I promise you. I yeah. was Like when I saw him, I was like, Oh, look we'll at the
1: measurements on him, though. But, nah, if yeah. you say
2: he's a bigger human, then well, he's a bigger what, human. Well, that's what. That's
1: the numbers they had on him was six one two twenty five, and really? yeah, that's what they had. But. They
0: had him at six foot at Wisconsin. Yeah, but they, yeah. I think that's exactly what they had him at Louisville. So. That's probably going to go down though. Yeah, I think he's probably more six well, foot five
1: eleven. Like to say, there he's wide though. But it sounds like he's he's filled no, out. Well, yeah, that's yeah. the you thing with Ray him, Davis, smaller guy, stocky. You watch him run. Oh, I mean, he away. is super productive when mm-hmm. you know he gets the opportunity. To carry. I mean, he carries the ball with some power to his game. So mm-hmm. kinda takes him a second to get going, but once he's going, boom, he's two and through.
2: Yeah, he stood out to me too.
1: All right,
0: let's take our second break. When we come back, I want to hear who's the best you've watched this week. It could be Shrine Bowl in mm-hmm. person, it could be senior bowl, it could be just general tape. film, bit general tape. Yeah. yeah. Give it all to me. When we come back with more of the draft show right after this.
7: Hi, Drew Pearson, former Dallas Cowboy and now Pro Football Hall of Famer here. If you're struggling with your vision and tired of those contacts and glasses, don't throw a Hail Mary. Go where I went. Laser Care Eye Center, the official LASIK partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Drew,
5: thank you so much for trusting us with your vision correction procedure. At Laser Care Eye Center, we offer six different vision correction procedures to help patients
7: see. Check them out at DFWeyes.com. And that's the sound of you making them disappear. Smoothie Bowls, now in two new decadent flavors. Only at Smoothie King, the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys.
0: This, this is yes. the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here on the Draft Show, the 99th annual East-West Shrine Bowl will feature 130 of the nation's top NFL draft prospects Thursday, February 1st at the Star in Frisco. Tickets as low as $20 are available at ShrineBowl.com proceeds benefit Shriners Children's. So plenty of time for you. And by plenty of time, I mean, you've got like 48 hours. Get your tickets. Come on now. (laughs) Get there. ShrineBowl.com. We'll be out there Thursday night. That'll be a lot of fun Mm -hmm. getting to finally see the game, get to see it in person inside the Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. All right. Final segment. Zach Wolchuk, Bobby Belt, Brian Broughtis, Aisha Morrison, Kyle Yeomans. Who's the best you've watched this week? And Aisha, you've been out in the in the Ford Center watching Shrine Bowl practice. We're going to start with you. Mm. Who I, you seen?
2: I think one of the best players, consistent players I've seen this week is Mason McCormick, guard out of South Dakota State. Mm. Um, he's 6'5". Lord, he's 3'10", 3'15". I don't know who lines. Somebody line. And um, <laughs> I was just so interested in how versatile he was because, you know, in these practices they move guys yeah. from – Um, Right guard, left guard, center, they want to see if you can, hey, yo, dude. He, he played all these spots hmm. and looks sturdy. Um, he also, too, he can fly to the second level. He climbs really well. He has great foot quickness for his size. And he also, too, he, he times his anchor really well to me. is when he, you know, he dropped that ass. He drops yeah. that ass. Well, he Bang. drops that ass, y'all. He he definitely puts a lot of stress on these, uh, on these defensive ends. But also, too, when he clamps on you, you're pretty hmm. done. Hmm. The balance is there for him. And the hand placement is consistently really strong with him. I, I mean, he's wrestling. He was wrestling wrestling if you look at some of the some of the film from the one-on-ones um just aware as well I I thought he had a really good week and I I think people are going to be looking at him especially since we talked about offensive line versatility matters but hey he's versatile and he's shown he can do it he can do it and he also played multiple positions in college as well so he stood out to me a lot this week
4: I like uh, Christian Mahogany, the guard from Boston College. Dude, I'm on an O-line kick, man. You know me. <laughs> I, I like my big uglies in the trenches, man. But this guy has played both sides, left and right guard. So, you know, he, you can go ahead and switch him if you need to. But he fires off the ball in the run game. He plays with aggression. And when you watch him pull, this guy is violent off the edge. Uh, and you watched him against Florida State, and he ended up getting some, some reps, one 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 against Verse, especially where he gets pulled. And Jared Verse was like, uh-uh, please no. I don't want anything <laughs> to do with you, sir. And I love Jared Verse. I think he might be my number two edge in this class, but he's got long arms. Not the quickest lateral movement, but he's a guy that can get to the second level. Nasty in the run game. Uses arm extension well to keep defenders off of him in pass pro. He's another guy. Not a good base to him. Uh, but but I love the way, he. once he gets latched onto, he's got a firm anchor. He's very, very difficult to get off. Can win in a, fa- in a phone booth. Finish his block Blocks, love his play temperament i think that's a kid that's made himself some money here over the weekend at Ooh. the east
2: restaurant Bowl. what you got brian
1: i'm gonna go for a player that i just uh, uh scouted this week and I, I i'm trying to decide the broadest boys are split my son thinks this guy is calvin ridley i think this guy's jordan addison oh. it's xavier worthy the, the wide receiver from the university okay, of texas let's go and bennett says he's calvin ridley he says he's a plus uh route runner with breakout speed I like what my son's saying there. But he plays outstanding in all areas. He's a big-time receiver. He's a big-time punt returner. He'll wow you with his ability to play in space. Mm-hmm. He can easily make the first man miss, no problem. He's a natural playmaker at best when you get him the ball. He's, he made one of the prettiest receptions I've ever seen in the Alabama game over Arnold, the corner there that we really, really like. Yeah. Just goes right over. I mean, he tracked the ball. This guy could beat you in numerous ways. He runs slants. He hits you with the deep ball. He's a fluid athlete. He's got elite explosiveness and speed. So if you're looking at wide receivers and you think you might see a Jordan Addison, who was a USC last year, and the Minnesota Vikings took, this is a very similar player to that type of guy uh, with uh, with, uh, Xavier Worthy from the University of Texas.
0: You know, it's interesting. You bring up University of Texas. I've got a receiver from the University of Texas as well san antonio utsa mm. okay. fun i've fun. got josh cephas from utsa uh big lanky wide receiver he's been mm-hmm. out here at the or at the shrine bowl they have him listed at where did it just go i just had it six foot three 185 pounds so he's got some length to him I liked his his route running. One of the things that I didn't like on film whenever he was playing against Conference USA and an American opponents as they made the jump this year, he was limited in the route tree. He didn't have a whole lot going on in terms of the route tree turns it around he comes out here he's running curls he's running seams great got it but then he's got some out route to him he's got some slants to him he's been able to run those digs well uh there was one rep yesterday where he ran really kind of an out and up and just got around his his guy built a ton of separation quarterback just completely missed him just a terrible Mm -hmm. throw and so I like what he's done. It's been kind of limited in terms of the quarterback play yes. in the Shrine Bowl specifically. I think he's got a legitimate shot to go, let's say, early day three. Yeah, and, got a fourth-round grade on him. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably put him early fifth if just based off of it early. Running, Where I'm going to see what he runs in the 40 and probably thinking maybe late four or fives not the speediest guy but he builds separation off of separation route running and i think that's something that I really works like. back to the football really well
4: yep. yes. certainly a yak guy yard after catch he can make plays in space the one thing about him and for his size i was a little surprised he needs to get a little cleaner off press coverage mm-hmm. at the line of scrimmage
0: he doesn't he wins at the line of scrimmage but not with physicality little, it takes a little bit he doesn't waste steps
4: that's well he'll what I engage like about it. he'll engage a little too much with the hand fighting it, which is fine. It's like he wants to get physical. He doesn't shy. But it's like, no, nah, dude, I need you to get up the field and get in your route here. Right. I need you to quit playing p- pitter-patter with the corner here because the corner is fine mm-hmm. with that. I'll go ahead and, and disrupt the timing here. He needs to just get up the field and go. But I love Joshua Sevus. The yeah. one thing about him, he did run into some
0: DWI issues yes. in college. I'm sure people are going to want to check uh, some character concerns there. And you'll have conversations. That's what, I mean, honestly, if yeah. Dallas. Let's just say Dallas is looking at him. They're having him here. You can have them at the 100%, combine. 100%. And that might just be you'll, a maturity you'll, thing. You'll bring them down. You'll you'll make oh, the yeah. trip down I-35. Yeah. You'll yeah. have plenty of conversation. We've all made some Absolutely. dumb decisions. So, yeah. I think there's... there's. A- you want to talk about them? <laughs> no. I don't. What's oh the dumbest thing you've ever done? Let's not talk about <laughs> no,
5: it. No. You have anybody, Bobby? Yeah, so I've already, like, I mean, I've been running through offensive line this week, and so I finally got around to seeing the guy we talked about earlier today, Suamata Ia, and my mm. gosh, like, that to me, that guy's going to be a star to me. I think he's going to be a dominant player at the next level, to be honest. He's got, he looks like he's built in a lab. The, the problems with him right now are, I think, technical things that are reflected from being such a young player. He just turned 21 about a week ago, I think. Uh, but He's got mental processing stuff. He obviously gets his pad level too high at times. At times, he's, he's so nasty and intense. He wants to just, like, blow everybody off the ball. It causes some overeagerness at times. I, I think that, you know, causes him to miss on times. But you're talking about a guy with the type of wingspan, the ability to push guys upfield, the ability. When you talk about here in Dallas, when we're just looking at, like, guys wanting to improve the run game, getting up to the second level, being able to pull, do some different things, I, I think he's got special ability to do that. And this is somebody who... While there's mental processing stuff that you, that you have some concerns about when you watch it, I think what you do see though is natural instinct and feel. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I think typically whenever I've watched players in the past who have a natural feel and have natural instincts, I think that those other questions about reading and reacting, things like that, are fixable. They tend to get fixed. Colton Miller was like that. Colton Miller was yeah. a guy who had Oof. feel and instinct, but technique wise was a mess. Yeah. And some of his processing Boy. was a mess, but it projected out because he had natural instincts. Man, I think Did you got this. Again? Say the name Suamata Iya. Suamata
1: BYU. Mm, okay. He's,
3: uh,
1: I think, man, I watched him against Texas and Texas Tech. He was much better against Tech than he was against Texas. And I think going Bobby. Up against that
0: defensive I line. Think
1: Bobby, I think Bobby's got him right. I think he'll need to coordinate his hands and his feet better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something he's going to have to work on putting himself in better pass blocking positions because he gets a little lungy and he gets top heavy. But he could be tough to deal with. He needs to trust his his strength more, don't you think? Yeah, he's a a massive guy. Yeah, he is a massive guy. I don't get the lunging
4: out of position with him. But, I mean, he didn't allow a sack in 361 pass block snaps two years ago. Yeah.
0: Mm. I mean, the dude's steady. Yeah. There's a lot to love about this offensive line class. I love it whenever we're bringing. I mean, you're thinking he's a star. Is he a first-round grade? Yeah, you know he's your... first-round grader. Well, I think so, he yeah.
4: nailed the awareness. Like, you can tell stunts and blitz pickups. He knows exactly where he needs to be.
0: But there's, there's growth, too, with yep. a lot of these offensive linemen because they have the size, they have the ability. But then there's little knocks here and there, but they're all teachable knocks. Yep. That's what I think this offensive line class stands out for me, at least out of the ones in the, the, the past couple of years. Mm. All right. We will be Way back on there. Thursday. Hmm? What was that? Something happened?
2: Nothing. I'll okay. bring up the center later. you
0: bring it up? Bring it up later? It's a nice tease. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Thursday. Got a couple
1: days to deliver on that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll be back Thursday. More Shrine Bowl practices, more Senior Bowl practices, more film to break down coming up at 11 Central Time. Bobby, it was great getting you back on the show today. Good to see yes. you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Bobby. We'll have Nick Harris out there as well from Senior Bowl practice in Mobile, Alabama. For Chris Beam in the back, Bobby Belt, Zach Wolchuk, Brian Broaddus, Aisha Morrison, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying... so. Along from the draft show. We'll see you on Thursday. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com
7: and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
0: about this Cowboys?
8: Yeah!